All right. Um, welcome to our music podcast. My name is Kendra. I'm Olivia. And I'm Lindsay. And today we're going to be talking about Debbie Harry and the statement that she was approached by Ted Bundy. So Just take really it away. Creepy. <laughs> yeah. Take it away, Olivia. I first wanted to ask, was she, I don't know if we've ever ex- person. Oh, <laughs> well, we'll decide at the end. Yeah. Um, but was she ever one of your influences? Because Kendra is a singer and she fronts a band that they're a punk. You would say that you guys are a yeah, punk band. Punky. Yeah. So that's kind of what they started out as too. Yeah. I like, I like Blondie a lot. I want to ever say that they're like one of my favorites, but yeah, I definitely, yeah, I guess not. I don't know. I don't know if she's like one of my personal influences though. Mm-hmm. Like, but I think I've been in bands where they were. Yeah. For other members. So that's kind of cool. Okay. So Debbie Harry was born July 1st, 1945 in Miami, Florida. And she was actually named Angela Trimble originally. Oh. Yeah. Trimble? <laughs> yeah, Trimble. That's a great punk rock name. Why the fuck did she not keep <laughs> I know. that? And there's our token cool name for this episode. Yeah. Angela I really Trimble. like the name Angela. Like, like there's too. something interesting about that. I, I don't know. Yeah, I it's, not, like it. it's not tough. But, I mean, it sounds like Either cooler than Debbie, Debbie Harry. Debbie's yeah, not tough. Debbie's my mom's name, so I always think of, like... <laughs> Debbie is everyone's Debra. mom's name. Yeah. Deborah. Yeah. Sorry, I don't know why. <laughs> Gotta be from something, though, right? Yeah. yeah. She was adopted by Richard Smith and Catherine Harry when she... Oh, he was Richard Smith Harry, but... Um, and Catherine Harry when she was three months old. Her birth mother was a concert pianist, and um, she wasn't able to keep her. She was... Having a relationship with a man that ended up being married with the family she didn't know, so she had to give the baby up. That's sad. I know it is sad. Like we're like, oh, I'm I'm having a baby and I'm excited and like, oh shit, this guy has a whole hidden secret life. Yeah, that's that sucks. Yeah. So Debbie graduated high school in 1963, and she did go to college in Hagerstown, New Jersey. She graduated in 1965 with an associate's of the arts degree. She moved to New York. And in the late 60s, and she worked as a secretary at the BBC radio office. And then (laughs) she was a waitress at Max's Kansas City, which was a popular club that bands played at. And then she was also one of the Playboy Bunny waitresses, you know, that wore the little suits. Yeah. There's actually a really adorable picture of her in her little bunny suit. Yeah, I can definitely see her doing that, and also like being a secretary, like some power suits. Like, <laughs> well, I guess this was this. I guess I'm thinking of her more like that. in the '80s, though, know, which this is, is like the late '60s. What did '60s secretaries wear? I'm trying to think of Mad Men, like what they yeah. wore. I think like a lot of the collared dresses. And yeah, collared dresses and stuff like that. I can see her rocking that. Yeah, the heels. Yeah, she's a cute girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She began singing backup for um, the folk band The Wind in the Willows in the late 60s, and they released an album in 68 on Capitol Records. Nice. I don't know if you guys saw any of the pictures from that, but she has, like, long, dark hair. Dark hair, hair, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Which is funny. That's interesting. She can pull off a lot of looks. I didn't look up anything for this, so. Very, very pretty. (laughs) I'm going to be fascinated this whole time. Yeah. I'm just reading my side notes, and I have a funny one coming up. It, It might not be funny to anybody else, but I... Like, I'm definitely going to crack myself up with that. Um, (laughs) I can't wait. (laughs) So she joined the group The Stilettos in 1974 with Elda Gentile and Amanda Jones. The band eventually added Chris Stein as their guitarist, and he became her boyfriend and, you know, 
future brand bandmate. Yeah. yeah. The Stilettos broke up in 74, and Debbie and Chris formed the band Angel and the Snake with... <laughs> <laughs> what? So, Angel and the Snake. Oh. <laughs> oh, man, I'm sorry. That's just like that. That is like the dumbest band name. Like oh. that is the dumbest band name. There's some pretty dumb band names though. No, but that's but that that's one. Like, yeah, man. <laughs> sorry, but I'm like, I've been in some dumb sounding bands. Like I've been like literally pissed at some of the band names of the bands that I've been in. Yeah, but like Angel and the Snake, like definitely like. I'd like super to see thankful at this moment what that one of their there. album covers would look like if they would have actually come out with any. Oh yeah, I was gonna say. Let's I bet they would be funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Angel and the snake. Your, your outbursts of laughter make me so happy. <laughs> Just like my mind is going like a mile a minute. Like I can't even verbalize what the pictures are in my head right now. It's just like I'm yeah. thinking of good omens. I'm thinking of like all kinds of ridiculousness, um, but also hair metal. I was going to yeah. say, I'm thinking of like like the Rock of Love episodes where they had to like make an album cover for Brett Michaels. Oh. And like Angel and the Snake and like... I'm thinking of like Metalocalypse where it was like yeah, Snakes and Barrels or something with the guy's like side project band and they all end up like on some like drug. Like Crate and, and Barrel? I don't know, but it was like um, like they're all on some like bad like drug trip at the end, and like all end up like killing themselves on stage, and like the whole time the death clock or whatever was like making fun of them, and like then they're like, "I'm so sorry, that was super brutal, that was badass, like oh, I'm so sorry I made fun of you." I'm sorry. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. Side note over. <laughs> so they eventually formed Blondie with Billy O'Connor from Stilettos and Fred. Fred Smith on bass. They added, in 1975, they added Ivan Krall on guitar and Tish and Snooky Bellamo. Blamo? I don't know how to pronounce that. Wait, Tish and Snooky? Yeah. Isn't that um, the Manic Panic hair dye? Isn't it Tish and Snooky brand? Oh, I don't know. I think it is. It might be. Yeah. Well, they, Manic Panic started like in New York in the 70s, right? That'd be so funny. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. I think that's the, like, Tish and Snooki. I'm going to Google that right now. Yeah, yeah. Do, because I'm pretty sure. Okay. How do I not know that I'm a freaking hairstylist? Because <laughs> you don't use Manic Panic. That's true. Yeah, I don't think I ever used it, even back when, like, yeah. in the 90s when it was really big. My yeah, mom, Tish and Snooki's yeah. Manic Panic. Yeah. yeah, my mom always helped me dye yeah. hair with Manic Panic. Bellamo yeah. or Bellamo or yeah. whatever. Yeah, it's them. Cool. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, it was always very spotty. Not, like, cool, like, streaks. It was, like, I would just have, like, a big... Oh, yeah, it just would <laughs> oh, not no. take evenly ever. That's pretty dope. It's like, oh, okay, we, like they were only in, uh, they were only in Blondie like for the original lineup, but then yeah. like, and then to leave the band and be like, oh, we're just gonna launch like a freaking hair dye empire, right? That's, that's pretty, awesome. That's pretty dope. Yeah, good for them. So I don't know if I said this, but Clem Burke on drums and Gary Valentine on bass. So that must be. I was watching an interview with Debbie, and she said that they kind of played up the whole Blondie thing as a character so they could kind of step away and you know she didn't have to really be herself and put herself out there as much which i thought was kind of interesting that makes sense you know rather yeah well it's kind of like we talked about that a little bit with um that's me in the corner okay Ari- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah Kendra. how he was like really <laughs> yeah quiet. but like how he had to like so make up like almost a fake persona for stage yeah. like to be able to perform yeah, so, yeah like, they that's say interesting it's so you know you don't have to handle the rejection the same way mm-hmm. yeah i guess i get that like sometimes yeah. like it's not like a personal rejection i guess right. i'm not really myself on stage like i'm like way more hype yeah and like dramatic i guess i remember being kind of surprised the first time I saw you perform because you know you are just like very laid back and you know chill 
and then you are like really energetic on stage. Yeah. So and like just full of sarc like sarcasm and whatever. Yeah. I feel like that's how you are anyway though. Yeah, but like not everybody knows that about me. <laughs> yeah. Like if you talk to me for more than ten minutes and you'd be like, Oh, that bitch is weird. But like everybody can see it on stage. But like if you're just if it's just like the casual acquaintance, like, oh hey, how's it going? Okay, blah blah blah. Just I don't know what it's like to be your casual acquaintance. So <laughs> that's legit. <laughs> it, it was like ten minutes, and they were like, "Okay, we're best friends now." Yeah, exactly. I was like, "This chick's pretty weird." <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so the band had a rough start. They were first considered the worst band to play at CBGBs. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, at the time, television was pre the pretty big band, mm -hmm. and Patti Smith, Talking Heads, they were all playing there. So um, I was gonna say, was it? Did they think that they like weren't like punk enough, or is that? I, they said that they just kind of needed to. So I don't know. Those are some pretty, pretty big acts to follow. Oh there, yeah, but for but sure. But also, like Debbie Harry was like, like so entrenched in the scene too. Like, yeah, she I hung out with everybody. That and like the the guys that started like Punk Magazine, like mm -hmm. who like coined the term for like what was happening. They were always talking about like yeah, like we Debbie Harry was just kind of like the like the scene sweetheart or whatever. Yeah. Like, so like they always like had big photos of her because it would sell more magazines because she was a babe. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, she was like basically like our centerfold, but like she wasn't like nude or whatever, but like she was she would sell the magazine. Yeah, they said that they they were sending out a ton of her photos before they were even, you know, big. Exactly. And getting in magazines just because she was so attractive. Yep. But in the summer of 75, they added Jimmy Destry on keyboards to record their first demo, produced by Alan Betrock, who worked with Marshall Crenshaw, Richard Hell, and um, the Smithereens. He had his own label, Shake Records, which was short-lived. They signed with Private Stock and released their first album in 1976. And they soon after um, bought their contract back from Private Stock um, in 77 and signed with British, can't talk, <laughs> um, British label Chrysalis Records and re-released their first album. Nice. Yeah, they blew up in Australia after their video In the Flesh was accidentally played. Um, it was a B-side for the single Ex Offender, and it just got played on a, a show by mistake, and people loved it. So they like blew up in <laughs> wow. Australia. I love stories like that. Yeah. That's awesome. So they toured over there, and I guess fans even rioted after one of the shows was canceled because Debbie was sick. <laughs> so... <laughs> fucking pissed man yeah. Blondie cancelled have you guys ever been to a show like that and people were just like unconsolable I've well I've, I've never had it happen like while I was there it was always you know a couple of weeks before or something but I was never really into like the whole like screamo like stuff yeah um or like the emotional hardcore yeah me either it's just like yeah, whatever. It was just annoying to me at the time. No, and I was like, yeah, it's still whatever. It still is. But I went down to this show in like Kokomo, Indiana, of all places, and it was supposed to be um, Me Without You, and they had to cancel for some reason. And like, I swear to God, it was like an entire freaking church full of like emo kids, like crying. Yeah. Like, I'm not kidding. And I was like, one of the only punks there, like, I. It didn't fit the dress code. Like, every girl there had, like, some generic um, band T-shirt on, but with, like, some homemade home ec dress, like, skirt. Oh, And, and yeah. every single person there had a Chuck Taylors. 
<laughs> and everybody had matching glasses. And I and then I was wearing like a bright orange shirt and jean shorts and like some fucking vans or something. And yeah. I, I stuck out like a sore thumb. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, well, you don't get it because you obviously aren't part of our scene. Like it was really awesome. I always liked their dance moves. Oh, yeah. Like, the spare, like picking up the change and all that stuff. Yeah, it was really funny. I think I made fun of that show. I'm not even exaggerating this for like a solid five years. Oh. I don't think I ever even heard about this. I don't recall. I, yeah. It, At least it's been a while since it's been brought up. It was so. like when I was probably like going into my senior year of high school. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Gary Valentine left the band in 1977. And they released their second album, Plastic Letters, in 78. It was a great success in the UK and did well in the US and Australia. Good and for then, you, yeah. And then they had a show, they were on a UK tour and they opened for television. I guess they, like, you know, had a great performance that was really well received and kind of overshadowed them, which I find kind of surprising, but. Yeah. But very cool. I kind of love that. Yeah. It's the band where everybody's just kind of haters on them in the scene. And then they're like, oh, sorry. Yeah. Just, then they we just kind of killed just it. Kiss yeah. Sorry. So <laughs> Okay. Frank Infante. I'm, I think I'm pronouncing that right. They He replaced Gary Valentine. And Britt and Nigel Harrison began playing bass. Their album, Parallel Lines, was released in 1978. It's a great album. Yeah. Okay. So I just kind of like moved on really quickly and didn't talk about that album very much. But. But That's cool. What's your favorite song from Parallel Lines? Oh. Uh, you want to pull up the track list? Yeah, I yeah. don't even remember. <laughs> I feel like everything I had from Blondie was always like best ofs and stuff like that. But okay, it has um, Hanging on the Telephone, which is my That's favorite. That's my favorite. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then Heart of Glass, One Way or Another. I was say, that's got all the That's like girls. Well, yeah. that's like their breakout album, too. Because yeah. like they'd always, they were already like moderately successful. But when they right. put out Parallel Lines, um, Heart of Glass was kind of like them like poking fun at disco yeah and then um and then it became like a top 40 hit like insane they're like oh shit okay yeah. <laughs> guess we do disco pretty well pretty funny yeah they're it's more like new wavy stuff yeah. yeah we're gonna go we're gonna do disco we're i'm gonna rap yeah. <laughs> why not <laughs> i know I, th- I think it's hilarious when it's like blondie was like an og rapper and it's like what yeah. <laughs> yeah so i know what my notes finally mean um so i was saying it was crazy that they released album parallel lines the same year that they released plastic letters it was yeah february and then september so that's that's kind of big to you know have two albums Albums out. I don't know. Yeah. It is. It is. That's a lot of songwriting. Yeah. So their fourth album, Eat to the Beat, was released in 1979, and it was not as not as successful as Parallel Lines. I, I have a side note, really quick. Sorry. Record. Yeah. I'm just thinking, like the only band, like the OCs, like for a hot minute there, they're putting out like an album to two albums, like every year for like so many years in a row. Yeah. Robert Pollard put yeah, like, Robert Pollard out pretty quickly. Yeah. The OCs don't aren't their albums pretty short. Though? The OCs. Yeah. Mm-mm. No. No. Okay. Like they'll have like full lengths, like back to back, like in the same year. Mm-hmm. I mean been active for a long time but like i think they've slowed down with how many albums they're putting out recently but yeah. like i have half of them and then i was like i can't even keep up man this yeah. is getting <laughs> I crazy i get that way with a lot of bands like hey i really like this band but i don't need 18 albums I that know. were released in the last 10 years or whatever yeah, no, totally. and yeah, robert pollard does yeah a shitload <laughs> he has like an entire section at our local record store yeah, yeah. Mini <laughs> records oh my gosh it's funny because it's just yep 
here's his section and it's he even shops there right yeah because yeah, he, he comes because they have some obscure stuff mm-hmm. yeah they're pretty good about keeping um some of the like the rare stuff that they get into the store in the store and not putting yeah. it on ebay yeah yeah so that people like locally have a chance to snatch it up that's really cool okay so in 1980 the band recorded call me which was the theme to american gigolo and they received a grammy nomination for that it's a great song too yeah, um, it was supposed to be. Stevie Nicks was originally supposed to compose the song for the. Oh really? Um, yeah, for the movie, but she turned it down. And I guess the band also appeared in the film Roadie, starring Meatloaf around that time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Man, like that would be like. Can anybody really talk shit about that guy? Like no, that guy's he's cool. He's in Fight Club. He's in so yeah. many things. Yeah. Like, and it, yeah, I've it, never heard anything bad about Meatloaf. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, like, God, I remember like making fun of him when I was a kid, and that because like oh, the anything for love. Yeah, and yeah, like, like the frilly shirt. Just his name is Meatloaf. Meatloaf. I know. Yeah. I think that's what always got me. Yeah, but then like you watch Rocky Horror Picture Show, and you're like, okay, this dude's badass. Yeah. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> yeah. I even like those stupid like phone commercials that he did a few years ago. Oh, I don't know about those. <laughs> I don't know I about those how either. The song went. <laughs> okay, so their fifth album, Auto American, was released in 1980, which featured the hits "The Tide Is High" and "Rapture," which we already talked about. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yep. so they took a break in '81, and Debbie and Jimmy Destry both both released solo albums. I was just listening to that solo album on the yeah. way. Over there. I was like, maybe I should. I know, it's I not really, bad. It's kind of yeah. it's, it's kind of got some of that like cheesy '80s, like that white people reggae influence a little <laughs> yeah. bit, and like you know what I mean. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. You know what yeah, I'm talking about? Absolutely. <laughs> and the song that I left off on there was there was some pretty terrible rapping. <laughs> It wasn't her, though. It was some guy. I don't know who. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who it is either. You know, sounded a little dated. It's yeah. fine. It was fun. Debbie was appearing in films around this time. And I know she did. There was, like, that Warhol TV channel that she did some stuff for. Mm-hmm. She did some, like, voiceover. And I think she, like, starred in... I didn't really. She has a lot of solo albums. Yeah, she does. Yeah, she, and she's been in a ton of like little um, movies too, mm-hmm. like little parts. All right. So um, Frank Infante sued the band, but continued to play with them, which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> Power move. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's some really passive aggressive shit. Like, so what did they sue them over? Um, I don't. I didn't like get into that. <laughs> I remember that when... I'm sorry, it's just like, this is amazing. No, it's definitely really... Um, when I worked at Sweetwater, there was a guy that worked there that he sued the company, I think, due to an injury. It wasn't, like, something crazy that he, he shouldn't have. But he continued working there in the um, the warehouse for quite a while until he threw a knife at someone. Tight. Not a knife, one of those, like, box cutters. Tight. Yeah, actually, I think it was... <laughs> I think he threw it at Kevin Hambrick, too. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'll have to ask Kevin next time I cut his hair. That's funny. Yeah. I, I think that I think that was him. <laughs> but oh my God. That's a fast... Like, I was just reading, like, these, like... It was on Twitter, like, how I got fired stories. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> how I got fired. I threw a box cutter at a local musician. Right. <laughs> he was, like, a really happy, like, nice guy. Right. I couldn't imagine ever throwing a box cutter at Kevin, but... Yeah, was it aggressively yeah. or was it jokingly and then he got caught? It was aggressively. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember being there when it happened. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. I didn't see it, but I like sat right outside the warehouse, so they came out and told me. I like, wonder oh, how his happened. aim was, though. I know. Like, that's, like, not, like, a normal thing. Like, I mm. mean, I, throwing knives and stuff, like, that's hard. Like, I really suck at it. I used to be pretty yeah. decent at it. 
Of course. Well, okay. Like, I, I, I like picking up random hobbies and like, I, I also watch like, way too much anime <laughs> and really like ninjas. Yeah. So the idea of like sword fighting in my front yard, like obviously that's a good idea, but then also like, yeah, shurikens and whatever. But like, yes, I want to be a Naruto. So I would hurt myself probably. Yeah, I don't think you could get a lot of like spin on a box cutter. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't yeah think it's like, it's got it's that bulk heavy. of the plastic to it. So mm-hmm. yeah. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Just, just really curious, like, was it a power move or was it just, like, a sad attempt? <laughs> I'm thinking way too hard about this. Continue about Blondie. Yeah. <laughs> like, just, like, I'm, like, already, like, thinking about, like, do I have a box cutter at home? Can I test this theory? Like, <laughs> sorry. No, you're fine. So their first Greatest Hits compilation was released in 81. And their next album, The Hunter, was released in 82 and included Island of Lost Souls and War Child. They had a song rejected for the 1981 Bond film. And things were going very well with the band. Um, Tensions began to rise as their popularity started to decline a little bit. And there was lots of drug use by multiple members. And um, some of them started to resent the focus on Debbie Harry. Mm -hmm. So, I wonder, like... Okay, so I know that one of their managers for the band was the same manager as Alice Cooper. Oh, that's cool. I watched that documentary, um, Supermensch, mm-hmm. uh, The Legend of Shep Gordon. So, like, I know that Blondie was one of the clients that he picked up, but I'm, like, wondering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like, when he worked with them? Yeah, because, yeah. like, yeah. this dude also, like, would win over clients by being, like, here's a suitcase of drugs. Oh. Because, <laughs> like, there's a dude that, like, was, like, you're not my dude. And he's, yeah. like who do you want to take care of the money at the end of the night? And, like, he, like, kept up with the dude the whole time and was, like, way more on top of things, but, like, yeah. line for line and whatever. And the dude's like, oh, you're my dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep, okay. Like, I trust you. You will collect the money. It does seem kind of weird, like, by the time the 80s rolled around, they were kind of, like, on the decline. Because I feel like that would have been yeah. a, a great time. But if you think about, too. like, the... They got their start in punk rock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and so that was like totally like 77 and like definitely right. in the 80s too. But by then, like the punk scene had kind of moved on more towards like Black Flag and yeah, like yeah, but they a were little be- bit more like aggressive. Forms yeah. Of punk. I just feel like with all their like, you know, the like the pop stuff, stuff and the, yeah, yeah, that would have. But I think that they hopped around so much that they didn't they did. really have that like like solid following. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Because like it's like yeah, you did like punky stuff and then you'd put out a freaking disco album. Yeah, like so it's. I mean, some of the new wave kids would follow that for sure, but then like that was already like going through its metamorphosis too, because you had the introduction of the first wave of like goth music and like all right. that kind of stuff too. Yeah, and I was thinking so really more like them, mainstream like, wise into for them. Any of those subgenres. Yeah, yeah. Between- they kind of like floated around. They had their three platinum albums between 79 and 81. Mm-hmm. So that was, you know, their yeah. biggest time. Exactly. So I guess there were more threats of lawsuits and then... Um, <laughs> like from the band members? Yeah. I, I, I love you know, like, I love that. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, why can't you just have a band fight? Yeah. Like, why can't you just, like, talk that shit out? I mean, like, no, I'm going to sue the band. Let's go play this gig. Yeah. Like, what? Quit, dude. I agree. Like, literally just quit the I know. Band. I still want to know what these yeah. frivolous lawsuits are. I know. I know. I should have looked into that a little bit more. It's okay. It's okay. Like, I'm, like, I think I'm speaking for anyone listening to this. Like, that is worth looking into. Like, yeah. Like, we will probably all do that after this is over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Chris Stein was diagnosed with a life-threatening autoimmune disease called pemphigus, and I'm probably mispronouncing that, which was, you know, kind of the final nail in the coffin. Um, were they still, they were still together at this point? Yeah, they were. I feel like they were together until like 86 or so. Pretty late. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so they 
um, officially broke up in November of 92. Oh, okay. And they, they stayed together. She put her career on hold, actually, for a while mm-hmm. um, to try to I did read about that. help him get well. Um, so she even almost like had a breakdown due to the stress of the situation because oh, sure. um, they had you know pretty like heavy drug habits around the time and he was sick and not making any money and she wasn't doing anything so they had they lost one of their well they had to put up one of their houses for sale it was like a five story mansion um, to pay the bills damn one yeah. of the houses that's really tragic yeah <laughs> sorry <laughs> but, like, but that sucks like I get it like they're used to a lifestyle but at the same time like. I can only, like, that's crocodile tears. Right, that and, you know, it's it's hard when, you know, someone's really ill and then they're talking about, like, their crazy drug habit. You know, I I think that maybe that might be one of the first things you want to get over. But easier said than done. Well, for sure. Yeah. I mean, like, I've been talking about quitting smoking cigarettes for, like, 10 years and it has not happened. Yeah. I can't imagine, like, being addicted to something more than that. I was just reading, this is probably the most ridiculous thing ever, but I was reading that people that like carry salt around and like lick a little bit of salt when they're trying to quit smoking. Like when they have a craving, they do that. Really? They have a better chance of actually sticking with it. That's interesting. Weird. Yeah. Interesting. How does that affect your blood pressure though? I know. <laughs> so just like I mean, touch your tongue. Like, cigarettes are pretty bad for your blood pressure anyway. Yeah. So hmm. fascinating. <laughs> well, that's, that. that's in the brain bank now. Yeah. <laughs> I'll feel like a deer. I, that's what I, was I know. Say. Right. Like, you're just like out in public and you're just like, <laughs> like just like, just like licking my finger. People are like, like, does she have a coke habit? No, it's just carry salt. around a little baggie of salt. Yeah, like in the, <laughs> or like, or like one of those, in the, one of those necklaces. necklaces. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh damn! I'm like, I didn't know that you got into. I didn't know that you did that. Like, no, dude, it's literally just salt. Like, is that a term for meth? No, like literally, like table salt, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Scare everybody and just take the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> See, no big deal. Uh, so many good ideas from this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So she revived her solo career. Don't have a date. Oh, I think, well, because we were kind of going back and forth a little bit on time, because um, I know we were just talking about the early 90s, but in 1988, she released album Cuckoo in 1981 and Deaf, Dumb, and Blonde in... 1989. I'm not sure that that's 100% correct, though. She released Rock Birds in 86, and Stein did help her with that. And then in 1988, a remix album called... No, that was for the band. Um, For Blondie, they released a a remix album called One More Into the Bleach. Hmm. Really really playing with the blonde thing. Oh, yeah. They they really stick with that for a while. Sponsored Um, by Tish and Snooki. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She began working with Steinenberg in 1990 to prepare prepare for a summer tour, and Destry and Valentine were contacted to discuss reuniting, but they... Valentine had become a full-time writer and used his real name, which was Gary Lockman, and this is funny. Um, (laughs) Members Nigel Harrison and Frank Infante tried to prevent the name Blondie from being used. They, like, took it to court. Oh, I was um, like, another lawsuit? (laughs) Yeah, but they were unsuccessful. Um, In 1997, though, they did, um, Valentine did reunite with them for a couple festival performances, and then um, the band released No Exit in 1999, and that was with Stein, um, Debbie Harry, Burke, and Destry. I think I remember when that came out. So yeah. Like, was it any good? Oh, I don't know. I just remember being like a kid. And, and yeah, and my like, sister oh, was really into them, around? so I remember yeah. when she would get their albums, but I didn't listen to them at that time. Funny, because Valentine, you know, had reunited with them briefly for that 
festival tour, but mm-hmm. then Kathy Valentine from the Go Go's, um, she co-authored two songs on that album. So it's kind of confusing when you see like the her Valentine name on there. Album. Yeah, but yeah, it's like not him. Interesting. Yeah. So Maria was the big hit from that album, um, especially in the UK. They released Curse of the, Bl- of the Blondie in or Curse of Blondie in 2003, and. Good Boys also did well in the UK. Destry left the band in 2004 due to um, his drug habit. He was trying to seek um, treatment. And then, is that fly bothering Snatch you? it out of the air. Oh, no, I'm just like trying to be like the karate kid and like snatch the fly. Uh, I was, I didn't like catch it, but I was able to like get one um, that was like flying around by my window and I was really excited about that. I know, it's like whenever it happens and like you actually like snag a fly from the midair you're yeah. just like god damn I'm a badass I can't believe that just happened like, yeah because it's so I'm hard so to hit them I'm so fucking good anything. with my reflexes like I'm impressed with myself for like a solid like 30 seconds yeah <laughs> <laughs> so in 2005 the greatest hit Sight and Sound was released and then 2009 they did a cover of We Three Kings Around Christmas time, oh, so that was weird. okay. Yeah, Paul, did they put it on like the Punk Goes Christmas album? I think it was something like that. Yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> so one of their members, Paul um, Carbonara, who had joined in '99, um, left the band in 2010. They attempted to release their album Panic of Girls in 2010, but the label backed out of the deal temporarily. Finally, in 2011, they were able to release it, but they without you know, any label backing and hmm. it, it was a very limited release. They like, they kind of said it was their limited edition for fans. Debbie Harry and Stein released two singles in 2013, a rose by any name and sugar on the side. <laughs> um, Cute. Yeah. They released album ghosts of download in 2014 and it seems like, I mean, they just Ghost like really kept download ghosts? ghosts of download. What? Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Weird name. In 2015, they started working on another album with Sia, um, Johnny Marr, Charlie XCX, and Dave Stewart. And that was that recorded. That is uh, quite the, the lineup there. Yeah. yeah interesting. For, it's for the PBS soundstage. Mm-hmm. They released Pollinator in 2017, and that was the, the last one that I could find information on. Interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, so their timeline was kinda, totally weird. Yeah, they, it was I mean, really weird. Yeah, because they just had like a couple years there, and then they're like, okay, it's been like twenty years, time to. Yeah, and I guess um, she and Chris Stein are still like really good friends. They talk daily. Yeah, I saw a documentary about like the making of Parallel Lines. Mm -hmm. That'd be good. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I can't remember if it was like I rented it through Netflix, like or whatever it is now. Yeah like the mail order one or it was like at the beginning of Netflix. So it was available oh. for some way or the other, but I remember watching that and, uh, yeah, like she's still like super close with him. Like they were like totally comfortable, but like there is definitely some tensions with a lot of the bandmates. I'm sure all yeah. those fucking lawsuits had oh nothing my God. to do yeah, with that. that. Situation. <laughs> I think it's so funny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to sue the band, but stay in it. Well, that and even, you know, suing them over the name, which like she and Chris Stein came up with. And that was yeah. like, they started that band. It's That's weird that they tried like to prevent baby bitch from using it. I think so too. Bitch baby for sure. So, okay. Mm-hmm. Onto the conspiracy for this one. When I was at, when I was looking this stuff up, there was actually another conspiracy that her mom is actually Marilyn Monroe. Did you oh, see yeah, that? I did see that. <laughs> That's just funny. <laughs> yeah. And then I think, uh, so I tried to read did a little bit. Did the dates, bit. like, did the timing match up? I don't think so. Yeah. 
Um, well, I, I think what it was is I think at some point, like in an interview a long time ago, she had said that she kind of felt her spirit of Marilyn Monroe, like like she felt like this connection with her. So I think it was like people just got carried away with it, and they're like, "Oh, is she really?" Yeah, you know, it wasn't. It wasn't. And anything she was too put crazy. up for adoption, so they're like, "But was it?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's fascinating. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it all started from there was an interview that she gave where um, she tells a story, and we'll actually. You know, talk about. <laughs> I'm sorry, um, staring wide-eyed at a fly, fly and trying to snatch it from the air again. It's a little fruit fly. Oh, I hate those. They always try to fly up your nose. I know. It's like bananas. the plague of my sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I always try to like. Anytime we have any flies in the house, I try to trap them in the bathroom before I go to bed. Just just like shut all the lights off in the house and turn that one on, and then <laughs> go in there. It's probably more elaborate than it needs to be but I hate when they, I just always think that they're going to land on my face while I'm sleeping they do they, yeah they definitely do and they get in your eyes and yeah just yeah. terrible it's a mess we have a ton of spiders outside right now too which is gross but at least they're eating the flies yeah preventing them from coming in there was one that was on like the the hose faucet like the little thing that you turn mm-hmm. and I saw that so I was you know, trying to get that off so I could go around it. There was one like right underneath it too. So they were, it was like trying to hide and be extra ugh, super creepy. Ugh. I know. I, uh, I had a massacre mm-hmm. at my house last night. Yeah. Um, I went outside to like leave my house and there was like, I was like trapped in by spider webs and oh, they weren't like little dudes. So like if they were oh. little dudes, I'd just like break down their web and be like, go on your way. Yeah. Like keep keep the flies out because like I have a mulberry tree in my backyard, so it's like fly city back there. Yeah. Um, because it's the tree branches are too high, so you can't pick the berries. Mm-hmm. So they just like drop, and then like my all my grass is like covered in berries. So there's like <laughs> literally like thousands of flies in my backyard. Oh yeah, I don't miss it's, stepping on those berries. All yeah, the time. it's like <laughs> totally <laughs> ridiculous. So I'm like, yeah, homies, do your work. All about it, but. It was, like, literally blocking the way to, like, get out. Uh, and um, it was, like, a silver dollar. Like, it was <gasps> freaking huge. And oh, it, spiders so much. it was it was a chonky boy. Like, it was yeah. it was a big boy. Yeah. So, yeah, I got out the raid, and I had I showed no mercy. I had to. And, it, like, it literally took, like, five minutes for that you have to, to die. Sometimes. It took a long time. I, think I hate when you walk into a that giant too. chunky boy could eat. I know, but, like... Also, I'm really afraid of spiders. Yeah. So like I like I don't like to kill them, but but I had to. Yeah. I yeah. had to. I have to kill the ones out here. They're actually kind of aggressive. And when they get in the house, they um like tend to go into the bedrooms where people are at yeah. or the bathrooms, which yeah. is really gross. But anyway, so in an interview, she tells a story about an experience that happened to her in New York in the 70s, and I will let Lindsay read that. Okay. Keep okay. It. So this is The quote from Debbie Harry. I was trying to get a cab on the Lower East Side of the village in New York, and it was kind of late. This was back in the early 70s. I wasn't even in a band then. I was trying to get across town to an after-hours club. A little white car pulls up, and the guy offers me a ride. So I just continued to try to flag a cab down. But he was very persistent, and he asked where I was going. It was only a couple blocks away, and he said, well, I'll give you a ride. I got in the car, and it was summertime, and the windows were all rolled up except about an inch and a half at the top. So I was sitting there, and he wasn't really talking to me. Automatically, I sort of reached to roll down the window, and I realized there was no door handle, no window crank, nothing. The inside of the car was totally stripped out. I got very nervous. I reached my arm out through the little crack and stretched down and opened the car from the outside. 
As soon as he saw that, he tried to turn the corner really fast, and I spun out of the car and landed in the middle of the street. It's really, really creepy. They, there, was, there were rumors for a while that, you know, kind of planted that story as, you know, for publicity for the band. Mm-hmm. But she has told the same story kind of the same way in several interviews since, so... The interesting thing about that, that though, is like that is literally the only account of any person ever on the record putting Ted Bundy in New York. Yeah, yeah, he I was wasn't around that he time. Was not, and yeah, he was also not, like, like that's why everyone's Coast. like, eh, like because it's like he has so many like because he was he in like Pacific so many Northwest than he was actually, before he went to Florida after you know escaping jail. Um, yeah. I mean, he was found guilty of. I mean, there were a lot of things that he, you know, they don't know his actual count. So. They don't. I mean, who knows where he could have been. That, I mean, that, they, and then, when he escaped from prison, it's like, right. like they didn't find him right away. Like, what was it, like, 100 days gone? When he went to Texas. and yeah. But, yeah. like, where Florida. else was he? You know what I mean? Right. No, Florida, not Texas. Yeah, that's where he got all the sorority girls. Yeah, that's right. But it was, like, his typical style because he, you know, liked to kidnap people before he raped and murdered them. But, but the car was a little different. People. Yeah, he didn't have any problem doing that. But I mean, he that person was kind of you know approaching her. She was walking down the street. It right. was a white car, and he had a tan Volkswagen. Yeah, which and I was thinking that's pretty distinctive. But at the time, I guess they were everywhere, so yeah. it doesn't really. And his car didn't have a seat, have but it did that. have like the door hardware and everything. So that wasn't stripped out; just the seat was gone. So because he would kind of like he had like his stuff that he would hide in there that he would use when he would murder them, which is terrible. It's interesting too. Like I read this book, um, "Sex, Drugs, and Cocoa Puffs" by Chuck Klosterman, and Mm -hmm. it's like one of the last chapters in that book. And he talks about like his friend, and she's like not making like a huge deal out of it, but he's like losing his shit over it. Was like Ted Bundy and her were like dancing at a bar in Texas, like, and she said he was a perfect gentleman, yeah, and all this stuff. And um, but she was already seeing somebody, so she's like not gonna go home with him or whatever. And he tried a couple times, like, to like be like, hey, yeah, yeah, and yeah, she's like, no, okay, blah 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 blah, and like left, um, and was fine. But he's like, holy crap, my friend could have gotten killed by a serial killer, like, that's insane. I feel like I hear a lot of people saying like oh my mom's my friend's aunt. aunt was almost yeah. <laughs> a victim of ted bundy i've heard so. some stuff like that too yeah um i don't think that she made up the story though just because she has stuck to it and she didn't you know you think that if you were guilty of doing that after a while you'd kind of try to like distance yourself from that and just not mention it anymore but she has told the same story a few times right um so i do believe that and there's you know always like weird lurky people for looking sure. for women walking alone and mm-hmm. like and i don't like i mean who knows yeah right? like so i'm not trying to discredit her or anything yeah but i also wonder like did he just kind of look like him well, yeah, because she said he was a handsome guy, and she said he smelled pretty bad. That's why she. Oh yeah, yeah, um, I did say something about how he smelled really yeah, bad. Yeah, he had really bad bo, so that was why she was like originally trying to mess with the window. Yeah, so I'm, I keep thinking about like how tiny her arm has to be. To oh my the, gosh, well that inch and a half to because if I put my yeah. arm out of a window, like I wouldn't go anywhere. I couldn't reach the handle. Like if it was just slightly <laughs> rolled down. Just I wish you guys could in. see Kendra's face. I'm, she's I got feel, really serious. Like I feel like I'm a cat right now. Yeah. Like I have ADD, so like these flies. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll shut the fuck up about the flies already. But oh, you're fine. <laughs> I'm just being a dork. When I was in high school, I worked at this coffee shop, and you know, I worked a lot of nights on weekends. And I afterwards, I was going to a friend's house, or either coming back from a friend's house after that, and I saw this dog get hit by a car. 
And I saw the the person just left and the dog ran off into this field that was, you know, right off the road. So I pulled over and put my flashers on and went down and was looking for this dog. Cause I was like, Oh, I can, you know, maybe I can save it or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but after I was looking for a little while, I turned around and there's this man like down in this field with me and there's like nobody else around us. There aren't any houses, like nothing for a while. There was like some trees and that's about it. Yeah. And I told him what happened. I didn't even realize that it was a bad situation at first, but I told him, I was like, oh, I saw a dog get hit by a car. And, um, and he wasn't super close to me at this point. He was, you know, standing a little bit away because he was like, oh, do you need help? What's wrong? And then um, I told him what happened and said that I was looking for the dog. And he was like, oh yeah, why don't we head over this way and look for it? Which was kind of into the tree line. And Right at that point, I realized, like, oh, fuck, this is a really bad, like, this That's could be really bad. So he could be nice, but it, this God. I could get murdered. So I, like, turned around and ran back to my car and just, like, hopped in and, and left. <laughs> like, left the guy and, you know, yeah, poor dog. Terrifying. I didn't find the dog, but, yeah, it was really scary afterwards. Yeah, yeah but so first. stupid. I shouldn't have, you know, late at night, I shouldn't have pulled over on the side of the road by myself and looked for this dog. When there is a, when there is a dog crisis, like, I know. You, don't, you don't think about that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, I was yeah, just so yeah. upset that... You know, this poor dog might die because nobody helped it. I had a weird uh, situation once. Like, I was walking my dog. Uh, mm-hmm. My old dog, rest in peace. Um, <laughs> Ruby. Yep. R.I.P. Ruby. <laughs> I was, like, walking her through downtown. And um, this dude was, like, oh, like, and just, like, talking to me about my dog. And she was, like, oh, immediately taken, like, oh, this dude loves me. Awesome. Um, and he kept on, like, trying to, like, walk with me. And I kept on, like, excusing myself. And we were like, okay, like, I'm, I'm going to go. Bye. Yeah. You know, it was nice to meet you. Fuck off, <laughs> basically, without saying fuck off, which it probably just should have, honestly. And then my dog started picking up on, like, how tense I was getting because this yeah. guy, like, wouldn't leave me alone. And it was, like, a solid, like, 10 minutes. And then finally, like, she was, like, growling and barking at him. Like, she was basically telling him to fuck off. Yeah. Which was great. Like, that's you what, never know that's if you should be rude. For. To him though, which that's not you being rude, but he would have. But she sometimes does, that like that. that but that's yeah, the cool thing about dogs is I can read you. That is really and cool. So she was like doing that for me. Yeah. And so I kept on like cutting through alleyways and whatever, and I try. I didn't want to like walk back to my house because mm-hmm. this dude's like stalking where you live. me through my yeah. neighborhood. Um, and so like I get home and I'm like, okay, I don't think he saw me. And I lived with a boyfriend at the time, so it was like fine, whatever. And then I, w- I got home and I was like, yeah, like I just kind of ran here and I was like explaining what happened. And then like we look out our front window and we had like an upstairs apartment with this big like picture window. Yeah. And the dude was standing outside my freaking house. <gasps> oh my God. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh. And so then the next morning I got up and he was there again. And oh so God. then I had my boyfriend like go and just like. <laughs> he, he was like naked so he was just like in front of the windows like well hello there oh my god <laughs> just like stretching luxuriously like I had told the dude that I like lived with a boyfriend I'm like oh, yeah like, like mm-hmm. I'm gonna go home to my boyfriend now like whatever yeah and so and then I never saw him again good so, wow. so it worked so it worked I was like just go be really uncomfortable <laughs> like do it uh, Kendra do you remember when we were in high school and there was that person that kept like harassing my sister on AOL instant messenger and like kept saying all this stuff he actually he claimed to be our middle school principal weird (laughs) I don't remember this well so and he was like uh because my mom worked at my middle school and and he was like uh we were trying to get in touch with your mom to see if you know she wanted should be interested in in uh working there again and she was like what the fuck like (laughs) 
And so yeah, how did you get my she was like, name? she was like, um, yeah, who is this? You know? And they, they wouldn't say, and then they started like saying all these things about like me and like our mom and dad, like things that people, a lot of people wouldn't know, you know, That's creepy. it was really weird. So then I remember you were spending the night one time and Kelly, like Kelly kept talking to him. I'm like, you need to just like block them, yeah. you know? But she was, I mean, she was like 12, you know, and she was like, no, I really want to find out who's fucking with me. Yeah. So they said something about like, you know, if you want to find out who I am, I'll be parked three doors down from your house in a red car at this time on this night. And you were spending the night and we looked out the door and there was a car like with the engine running down there. Oh, I remember. Yeah, you remember that. And I'm like, why didn't we call the police or something? Right. Because I, I told my mom and she was like, she was like, that was just one of your friends messing with you. It's probably just like a coincidence. But, but it might not be. It was so <laughs> yeah. Scary. That's so creepy. Yeah. It's really creepy. Ugh. All the creepers. Yeah. I so know. it's like every girl I know like has creepy stories. At least one. Like, yeah. yeah. Like I could go on all day, but like, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, I hate that stuff. I know. So yeah, yeah like. Like, I'm not going to say that she didn't meet Ted Bundy. Right. That's, because, that's true. And or, also, like, oh, that's such an extreme, too. Ted Bundy, he's got one of the highest body counts. And, yeah. like, I feel like there's so many more that he didn't even get. Right. Well, yeah. I don't. I think because a lot of those that he was saying at the end, you know, like, oh, there's more. It was because he was trying to. Um, Buy time. Yeah. Because he really liked bragging about what he did and, you know, true. his victims. So I think that. I think that they have identified them. Um, but I could be wrong, you know. It seems like that happens a lot, though, where after someone is put to death, they come up with all these other cases that are similar, that are, you know, somewhat similar. They say, like, oh, it could be, you know, 10 more or 15 yeah. more. But and then there's always copycats, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I totally believe her story. I just don't necessarily know that it was Ted Bundy. Yeah, I don't think it was Ted Bundy. Um, but yeah, that's although there was, when I was it watching, might not. I mean, it could be. But Did you guys watch the Ted Bundy tapes mm-hmm. on Netflix? Yeah. So there was that woman that, that escaped from his car, and it, yeah. Yeah, it sounded like a pretty similar situation. Right, yeah. and that information wasn't out there when yeah. she made that right, statement. Right, right. Yeah, so it's interesting. So, could be. So well, I think no, because she saw some stuff about him on TV, and that's when she was like, "Oh my god, that you know that yeah, it was like that when was he the was guy that about to be executed." Yeah, yeah, she thought that that was him then, uh, but it he kind of did just look like an average Dude. guy. Yeah. yeah, he was like good looking, I guess. But so I could see where a lot of people could look like him. I so remember crazy. like when those when the Ted Bundy tapes came out, there were all these articles that I would read that was basically like Netflix is pissed that everybody's just tweeting about Ted Bundy being hot. <laughs> it's oh, like all these yeah. like teenagers. And are a victim. Wrote on their they put they posted a tweet that was like, Ladies, there are millions and billions of men out there right. that won't kill you. Yeah. <laughs> or like good looking men out there that won't kill you. I don't understand, you know, the women that write to serial killers or, you know, yeah. have relationships with serial killers. I'll never understand that. Cause I don't find them fascinating at all. I think they're scary. And I, I, you know, well, I like reading about how people solve their crimes, but yeah. that's about it for me. I think that, I don't know. I guess I have a little bit of a fascination with serial killers just mm-hmm. because it's like something so opposite. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like it's like, it's hard to like, I understand. I don't think like, even if it came to a situation where it was like life or death, um, and defending myself, I don't know if I could actually kill someone. I don't think I could either. Like, I like to talk, like, I would be like, yeah, I will throw these knives and these chirupes <laughs> and, like, learn how to fucking sword fight. Say, but, come like, on, come yeah. but, like, it's, like, to chop their knees off or something. Like, I would definitely chop somebody's legs off. But, 
Which would not, be really hard not to do. Not the femoral artery and mm. all that. You know what I mean? I'm so really it's like, squeamish, so I'm like, yeah. would that just all go away if I was in like a dire situation? Like if I, I had don't a, know. If I had a sword and somebody was like, <laughs> <laughs> I've thought about this a lot. I was going to say, like, if I, like I couldn't do it, but if I could. No, if I had a sword, I'd probably go for the Achilles tendon before I'd go for anything else. Because yeah. it's like, then they can't come after you. Yeah. But if they're like on top of you strangling, you kind of have to go for their face or like you could maybe reach around and like stab them in the kidneys if you had something. Yeah, that'd be tight. <laughs> Can yeah, you, yeah, I might, but like, there's no guarantee that they die, you know? Right, like, or get like, in the neck. I, yeah. I guess I have thought about this. <laughs> so yeah, well, maybe. you kind of like. I mean, you have to you a little bit. Have being, to. Yeah, especially if you go anywhere alone and you're a woman. You yeah. do. Because yeah. I, I even took this female like I might lady self defense class. Honestly. Like, because it's, like, guaranteed, like, I... Yeah, yeah. but you, like, get them, you know, um, here, like, right where your throat meets your, um, like, your torso, but Mm -hmm. you can get them there, anywhere in the face, like, you can kind of get them, um, and then, like, right under their ribs, you get them, um, with even just, like, your fingers, and it's supposed to be, like, so painful where you, you kind of have to, like, back up, so... Under the ribs, is that what you said? Yeah, and then, like, at the, like, base of your throat, yeah. Interesting. I mm-hmm. also got this like really badass keychain when I took that class um, where, that you can like um, wrap your fist around and punch somebody with it. It's kind of like brass knuckles. Is it the one that looks like a cat and the ears are all no. pointy? The, the, I've seen those. those yeah, are yeah. Cute. I always wanted to go this on one those. has like little sharp things that go through your um, knuckles. So it's kind of like you have. Like, like I do that with keys. Yeah. 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 And you clutch your keys while you're walking somewhere alone. Yeah. 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 And put them between your knuckles. That yep. way if somebody comes at you. You could like, do some like major damage to a person with this thing though. I'm I've never taken a self-defense class, but it's I do fun. have a friend who's a chick and she, I've, I don't think I know a dude that she could not like beat the shit out of. Yeah. Um, she's badass. That's <laughs> yeah, good. That's amazing. Um, yeah. She's, yeah. Does she have brothers? Um, she was a traveler. She was like a train hopper and stuff like that. Okay. But she so taught me to learn. like the, the fucking KO move and mm-hmm. it's like the closed fisted backhand and like, oh, and we're yeah. going to hit them on their face. So you just break their cheek. Yeah. Yeah. And like their nose or whatever. And it's like a guaranteed, like, they're done. I'm done. That's she's good. like, yeah, I knock them out like 90% of the time with that move. But like, she's had to defend herself. Yeah. You know I mean? So it's like, okay. I like, I like that lesson. I wonder why they don't teach girls in high school any of this stuff. Because they really should. We actually did have, I remember like in gym class, we had, it was just like a one day thing. Somebody yeah, came that's in. That's still and was good. Kind of though. Talking about, yeah. And then when I was in beauty school, there was a guy that came in there, too. Yeah, oh, that guy came to our school too. The guy whose whose daughter like got kidnapped from Target. Oh, I don't him? I don't remember like the story, but I know yeah, that that's something why he, bad happened to his daughter, and yeah, so he was like, uh, "I sell all of these self defense weapons at wholesale, and I want to give you guys basics." Mm-hmm. And he was like a cop. Yeah, yeah, that guy was and cool. he was just like, "Yep," and like now his daughter's like got like a black belt and all this stuff too, mm-hmm. and like it's badass, but yeah. like. Yeah, he's just. I thought it was pretty cool that like, he was like, "Nope, I'm selling it like wholesale. Like, I'm not yeah. even making money off of this. Yeah. I just think women need to defend themselves." Mm-hmm. Which is like, oh, it's so sad that that's like the world we live in. But I, know. I think it's also pretty awesome that people are taking that seriously. Yeah, yeah I, think so, I think so too. Finally, and uh, yeah, no, I was just thinking when we were talking about like how to kill people and stuff. People probably listening <laughs> like, "Oh, psychos? No, we're just women, and we have to think about I these do. things." Sometimes. This is like, like this is like real. Like this is girl talk. I this mean, is even really, like it's true. Yeah, even walking in my edition, which is you know pretty safe for the most yeah. part. Yeah, um, you live in the suburbs. Yeah, you have to be careful when you see like a guy walking. I was <laughs> the other day. I was walking and I saw somebody. They were kind of like putting their head down. And they had a hat 
And I crossed over to the other side of the street and it ended up being like this like really sweet old man. And he was like, sorry to kick you off the sidewalk, but you, it's just habit. You, you just kind of know. Cross. Like, you yeah, cross you do. And you figure out like, if I need to run, like, where do I go? Yeah. So, just be vigilant when you're walking. I always stayed oh, out of yeah. parking garages when I was younger. I still do for the most part, unless I'm with someone, um, mm-hmm. because a lot of attacks happen in parking garages. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, there's like so many dark corners. There are. Yeah. yeah that's terrifying. I know. Um, yeah. No, whenever I'm walking somewhere at night, I'm always like, look, yeah, back, like left, right, back. That's like constantly. <laughs> I probably look like an idiot. Oh, for but. sure. <laughs> I remember like one of the funnier things that happened, like this is actually a pretty good story. <laughs> I was getting into my car. It was nighttime and I was like coming out of the liquor store and I just like picked up some beer or cider or something. I was getting into my car and this like dude like sees me from across the street and like runs over. So I get Yikes. into my car really fast, obviously, because yeah. I'm like, okay, like <laughs> this dude is like yeah. fucking running at me. I would have been really scared. And then, um, and I think I was like smoking a cigarette or something. <laughs> and I get into my car and he like comes and knocks on my window and I got in really fast. Like, yeah whatever and turn on my car and I rolled down my window like enough to like barely anything like Mm -hmm. maybe like an inch and I was like never approach a woman in a dark parking lot (laughs) and the dude's like oh I just wanted to say never approach a woman in a dark parking lot and I'm fucking screaming at this kid and then it just like you see it click and his eyes go super like oh my god Oh my god, I'm so sorry. And he just he just backed away with his arms. He's like, I'm so sorry. And then he just like turned and walked away. And like wow. he was just coming over to bum a cigarette. But like oh. it's like, do not run at women in yeah. dark parking lots, you fucking idiot. Like Really anytime. Like, Even would, if it was yeah. like midday. No, it's not, yeah, like I would be it terrified. It's so funny though, because it's like like that dude knew that he wasn't he didn't have any ulterior purposes right. other than like getting a cigarette from someone that he saw smoking. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Totally Could have been it. a dude. But it was so funny because, like, <laughs> the look of, like, realization on his face where he's just, like, oh, like, and oh, you could just tell he felt terrible. And he's just, yeah. like, Good. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And, like, but you could tell that he's also, like, but can I get that cigarette? And yeah. Like, out of my face <laughs> right now. It's like, like, oh, you dang it. the shit out of me. I always, I, uh, I'm a really fast walker. I'm a very brisk walker. And, you like, do. I think I just unintentionally scare people sometimes like I'll be going into my apartment building and I'm walking really fast and like like people yeah. like turn around like who the fuck is coming up on me <laughs> yo so I'm like oh I need to I need to slow it down a little bit no I don't think it's a bad thing because you know good to stay in that habit in case you need to actually get away from someone yeah, that's sometime true. plus I say it's good exercise I'm terrible at running yes. so I should probably work on this I'm a terrible runner too yeah because yeah. I have like really short legs so I've got really bad knees Oh. Uh, I just crack a lot. Very <laughs> My hips knees. do. A we lot. should start running. <laughs> be like the saddest bunch of people. We can have a like, podcast oh, about that. <laughs> just discussing the, our the running couch, life. The couch to 5K thing. I think I'd be stuck on like step three for like nine months. Yeah. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. I don't like to run. I, I just either. start taking classes at the Y and like the only thing that I like to do is Zumba. Yeah. Like I tried doing like Pilates and I tried. I did Pilates for a while. Yeah. I'm just, I don't have enough. My balance is bad. I'm, yeah. I'd rather just dance around to Despacito and, you know. <laughs> it makes sense. I yeah, just stick yeah, with the elliptical it's fun. It doesn't weights. even really, yeah. I like the treadmill sometimes. I feel yeah, like if I was okay. put in a situation where I had to run, though, like knee pains be damned, I would, yeah. I would book it. But guys are so much faster. Not even, necessarily. Yeah, I don't that's know. True. I do play kickball. 
Yeah. Well, that's so athletic. Pretend like you're trying to get home run. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes I'm slowing down, but like if there was a dude with a knife behind me, like I feel like pretty confident that like all of a sudden I would be like sports genius because of all that Mm -hmm. adrenaline. Yeah. I mean, people do insane things. Yeah. I would be super athletic. Like, and then I'd probably like be in pain for like days. Yeah. But it wouldn't matter. You wouldn't feel it. I would be alive. Yeah. True. (laughs) Terrifying. (laughs) All right. So, uh, Two questions. Mm-hmm. Did Blondie meet Ted Bundy? Nope. No, I don't think so. Definitely met somebody crazy. But yeah. I think he probably had an uncanny similarity, similarity to yeah. him, but I don't think it was him. I think it was just Also, I guess dude. back then she would have fit his uh, victim profile, like the long, oh, dark hair. Yeah, she um, didn't mention if... Because it yeah, was before she was in a band, or, well, before she was... Oh, yeah, it was before she was in any band, so she would have had the dark hair. I didn't think about that. That does make sense. Ooh. So, but then, that might change things. Yeah. <laughs> I just, that just occurred to me. I was thinking, like, oh, like yeah, she's she wasn't his like, type. Yeah. like, she wasn't, like, his victim type. But, but, but it's, like, folk is. band days. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't think about that either. So yeah. I'm going to put it as a hard maybe. Yeah. Like, can't that say yes things. or no. Yeah. I'm sure that something It's all the did. long, dark center Yeah, I don't know if he was in New York. did happen. I do believe that she was driving someone's car. Like, you don't make shit like that up. Yeah. And maybe and his car it. was just broken. Um, like the the hardware was broken off of like because you can lose the like the handle and stuff. So maybe that was the case, but maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah. So don't know. Don't know about that. But uh, mm-hmm. okay. And then I guess I have two more questions. <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess I just thought of something too. I'll, I'm sorry to interrupt. Go for but, it. No, yeah, no, um, great. That was when they didn't have automatic locks yet. So that would have been a manual mm-hmm. lock too. So she could have. You think that she would have been able to lift up the lock? Maybe that was the oh. part that was broken. That's true. Maybe that, you know, that was included in that. That makes mm-hmm. sense. That would make sense. Yeah. And maybe he did have to come around and let her out. Yeah. So. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. So two questions. Was Ted Bundy a reptilian overlord? You <laughs> <laughs> could have been. I just don't think the reptilians are homicidal maniacs. That's true. I don't think so. Because he kind of like lost his shit too. They seem a little bit more organized. Yeah. Because he went like real crazy for a while. But he did escape from prison twice. I know. And nobody really got in trouble for it either. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's a how I got, that's a how I got fired story right there. Yeah. Because they got because of that. Notorious serial killer fucking escape from prison. Yeah. Like, that's insane. But, like, I wonder if the second guy, whoever's shoulders it fell on for him being able to escape from prison a second time. Yeah. Like, did that guy get a little bit more leeway? Or, like, maybe the first guy got a little bit more leeway because it happened again in a, like, different yeah. facility. <laughs> like, were they like, oh, this is just a crafty motherfucker? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah, and then the second time he lost like thirty pounds so that he could go through the uh, the tile in the ceiling and like that's fucking commitment. Yeah, yeah, and that's when he was gone forever and went to Florida. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, the first time, the first time. See, he just... and it fits the sneakiness. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say hard maybe. Ted Bundy could potentially <laughs> yeah. be a, a humanoid reptile. The first reptile. time when he was representing himself, like when he was his own oh, attorney, God. and he yeah, was just like, like, "Hey, I need to go." Did he lose thirty pounds or did he? Shapeshift, right? Ooh, yeah. Like, and then like was thirty pounds lighter. Yeah, there's so many things. Yeah, yeah. He was like, you know what? Fuck it. It's worth the risk if they spot me. Yeah. <laughs> I love that I'm talking about this. Like, I actually believe in it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So anybody about? like just listening to this episode, be like, these people are weird. Yeah. Uh, we did a we did an episode about 
about the lizard people <laughs> because Billy Corgan had a sex with a shapeshifter. So if you need reference material, that is what we're talking about. And it is a new custom where I feel like we just need to ask about every person. Mm-hmm. So was Blondie a human, <laughs> a reptilian overlord? I don't no. think so. I don't, I don't think she think is so. either. No. Yeah. I don't think so either. She was powerful, or is, like, she's a very powerful musician, though. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that was the Blondie hiatus is because she was busy being a reptilian (laughs) overlord. Like, it wasn't drug problems and frivolous lawsuits. and Yeah. Yeah, I don't think, she doesn't also have, like, any claims with, like, Illuminati and stuff like that. So I think she's safe, safely off the list. Debbie Harry, we love you. You're not a, you're not a lizard person. I was scrolling through Instagram the other day, and there was, like, this big video about how anybody that does, you know, when you, like, hold your... Um, your fingers around your eyes like glasses. Like mm-hmm. anybody that does that in a um, a video is part of like this um, cult that's taking over the world. Really, that was really funny. Yeah, that's so, awesome. Yeah, they said like anytime anybody's photographed like that, that they're like giving a signal like, hey, I'm part of this too. So and there was like literally so many people in this damn video. It was really funny. That's hysterical. Yeah, it was just like a compilation like showing a bunch. Of yeah, people I, that's like, amazing. They used to play a game where like it was like you would have like the. Where your fingers are on the bottom and you yeah. flip your hands do up like and do the, the glasses, glasses like that. Yep. And like if if you spotted someone doing that, like you could do the make the monocle or whatever with your mm-hmm. forefinger and um, or index thumb. finger and your thumb <laughs> with your other fingers up, and that's how you spot it. But if you don't spot it, then like if you see the person with the glasses on, then you have to lay down on the floor. <laughs> it's it's a pretty fun game. It got yeah. really uh, sketchy when there was like puddles and stuff like yeah. that. Though. I've like never seen anybody do this pose in my entire life. I know. Honestly, like I've seen I'm, people do. But the it has like where where Pope Francis and Justin Bieber, Leonardo DiCaprio, so, yeah, Jackie that is Chan, kind of a weird Madonna. That's really funny. Yeah, like that one. Like I've seen people do that, but just the yeah. one looks kind of suspicious. Yeah, <laughs> that's silly. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting too. But yes, that's proof of absolute control by the occult elite. Mm-hmm. But there's like <laughs> pictures of like Bob Dylan doing that too. That and, and like that every dude, little like, kid does that. Like trying not to be like right. part of that is like a folk singer. Yeah. You know? Or is he? Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that. <clears throat> any any last comments? No. Uh, no. All right. Well, yeah. I think that wraps up this episode of Our Music Oddcast. Thank you for listening. And uh, yeah, uh, feel free to email us uh, yes. any suggestions of things that you think we need to talk about. Mm-hmm. We would love to hear from you um, at ourmusicoddcast at gmail.com. Or any musicians that have a crazy story that they want us to yes. read on um, the recording. Yeah. Yeah, we're email absolutely us. down for that. Like, if you are a musician and you had some weird encounter, yeah, we would please love send to it to it. us. Just anything. Just mm-hmm. just talk to us. Just, yeah. <laughs> let us know we're alive. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Have a good day. I'm in the phone booth.